Will this be a good podcast? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Hello and welcome to Ribbon of Memes, episode 44, a podcast where we investigate films previously described by other explorers as masterpieces. I am Nick and I am joined by Roger, as ever. Parking brake set, ignition off. I have a feeling Roger's Aviation Corner may feature (laughs) heavily in this one. We are discussing 1996 Oscar and General Award botherer, The English Patient, um, uh, by uh, Anthony Mengele, based upon... Directing his own script, yeah. His own script, and for a while... I've seen it before, but I must say... Uh, I, I didn't, me- I didn't notice in the opening credits based on a novel by it, and I couldn't remember whether it was based on a novel or not, but I have to say, it's the sort of film where it just, it just obviously was based on a novel, and I was trying to pin down what it is about it that makes it so obvious that it's based on a novel, and I'm not sure, really. I wonder, if, I wondered if we could hammer that out during this episode. Hmm. That, that some films, they just clearly are based on novels, and I, I don't know if it's just the kind of, uh, attention to detail, but there's no reason why a screen, a screenwriter couldn't do that. Whether well, it's... I, I think there's a story form that fits into about the length of a novel, mm. which is longer than a film, which in turn is longer usually than a short story. Well, I think ideally, you can probably stretch a short story out to a film, maybe a novella you can squeeze into a film. In general, a novel, you have to lose quite a lot to jam into a mm. film. Um, maybe it's just that, maybe it's the pacing or the assumptions made. I don't know. But anyway. Should, should we say up front, I, I have not read the novel. No, neither of us have read the novel. Um, Michael Andatier, Andatier, I think you pronounce it as, um, I, certainly I not spelled like that. It, but I have no idea. Andatier. Uh, um, you know, I, I have a diagnosed allergy to Booker Prize winners. I, I have an exemption certificate <laughs> and everything. So. Uh, well, so neither of us has come to this prejudging the novel or anything like that. This is, um, I suppose, that the brief summary is uh, tragic romance in 30s Cairo. Um, yeah, I mean, having having looked at the synopsis of the novel, I get the impression that a lot of it is the internal life of yes, the Yes, that, that's the impression. I, having looked through that, and, and their motivations are much more complex, and I suppose, well... Okay, we can we can come on to that, but yes, here we really have the uh, the framing device, if you can call it that, because really it's I don't know, it's, it's half the other story, but not quite. Mm. Uh, of Hannah and um, uh, Hannah the nurse in uh, forty five Italy, as the war draws to a close, um, looking after her um, eponymous English patient, uh, and the story about how he uh, turned into a a, a, a crepe. Is uh, comes out during the film. Um, so the film opens. Uh, basically, we find out right at the start the end of the love story between um, uh, between Almarshi. Almarshi is it or Almarshi? I think he always says Almarshi, doesn't he? Um, and well, uh, and so, so, yeah, at one point he says Almarshi, but look, we, I think we can ignore that. Uh, uh, the thing that sticks in my mind more than anything is Almarshi. Um, uh, but uh, there is a twist, I suppose, slightly, um, in that we see the plane crashing um, and we assume uh, Catherine dies in the accident. The twist is, uh, spoilers. Um, or at least I mean, she, she's, not, she's not heard from again. She's not heard from again. Um, uh, I suppose the assumption maybe you're supposed to make, which I, I sort of did, but but left that assumption behind about halfway through the film, is that she died in the accident. It turns out she's dead already. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not a film that plays on suspense or twists particularly. It doesn't really make a lot of dramatic tension out of that kind of stuff particularly. It doesn't seem desperately interested in suspense, I feel. It's much more interested in emotion and romance and beauty and... I mean, it's a tragedy. It's a tragic, epic romance. It's, it's the overall story and that's overall, I guess in both in both halves of our story, the the the, the romance uh, between Hannah and Kip is also a, a tragic romance, perhaps somewhat less epic, or at least in slightly less epic surroundings. Yeah, I did feel that having the 
constant flopping back and forth between the flashbacks and the present day. Yeah. Put them into perhaps a bit more contrast than was good for them because, you know, yeah. on the one side you've got a, I mean, it's very pretty. The whole thing is very pretty. It's absolutely gorgeously shot. And we should probably say up front, one thing this film massively has in its favour is it's set in the interwar period uh, in Cairo, which is exactly <laughs> where I want to be all of the time. <laughs> um, we have just uh, finished a long uh, part of a, a role-playing campaign in exactly that setting. Um, I, I adore it. I was so excited to see Shepherd's Hotel pop up, um, them talk about the long bar. It's just beautiful. Yeah, and then, it's, it's very much a period that um, I, I live a lot of my fictional life in. So, yes, yeah. Yes. Um, but sorry, you were saying the contrast between the. Well, two. yeah, I mean, on the one hand, we have this thing that is very pretty, but essentially quite a trite story. You know, uh, mm. he, man and woman meet, she throws herself at him, he throws himself at her, they have an affair, she breaks it off, he's all sad, she's all sad. Yeah. Uh, he, the husband finds out. Did we say spoilers? Ah, spoilers. It's not not even trying to. I mean, it's foreshadowing the husband finding out. It's making it obvious that that's what's going to happen, even even on the first time through. Um, Uh, Yes. Husband crashes the plane with her in it, intending to kill all three of them. He dies. She's, as it turns out, fatally injured. The other Uh, guy gets away. Slowly fatally injured. Um, Cinematically fatally injured. Cinematically, basically. Like, like cinematic get... tuberculosis, which doesn't have all the coughing up blood stuff. I, as far as I can tell, she had a broken ankle, and that's what she seemed to die of. But, well, <laughs> but we'll, we'll come back she to may that. have had other injuries. Okay, yes, fair enough. Um, I agree. It's, I mean, it's not an uninteresting story. But, but you know, it is that, that's no the means, one side. And on the other side, we, we have this, this cross-cultural thing. Yeah. And the, and they're going to be torn apart by the war thing. And, yeah. Well, maybe he's just going to go kaboom because that's his job. And that, you know, they could, and I think they do, where I, I said the film isn't desperately interested in dramatic tension, but the one time it does is when we know all of Hannah's previous lovers have died. Um, and even, even her friends as far as she's concerned, yeah. Uh, yes, and, uh, uh, and he has to go and defuse a bomb in quite sticky circumstances. Uh, and it makes some play of that. I, th- I can't say I felt desperately tense, I must say. I, I did have Danger UXB flashbacks. <laughs> yes, which, which I didn't see when it came out. I, I watched a few years ago. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, I, I think it does still stand up pretty well. Yeah, uh, but I, I thought, all right, I, I was. Let's drift onto the cast a bit. Naveen Andrews is just really bloody good. He is amazing, and now it's difficult for me, Naveen Andrews, because he had a very prominent role in Lost. And I can't think about Lost without feeling angry. <laughs> yeah, which I, I didn't see because I've been immunised against it by, yeah, by but... um, Alias, where, uh, where, where um, Abrams did basically all the same things, and it was clear he was going to start doing them again, so I just never started watching Lost. Yeah, but that, that's it, a side issue. Um, uh, Naveen said, Andrews, Naveen in, Andrews it, it, in particular, very, yeah. the, this is being made when he's right in the bottom of his alcohol and heroin habits. Uh, I didn't know he, he had those. It, um, yeah, well. he had really major problems at about this time. I mean, he he would walk off set and collapse. Holy, that's incredible! Because the performance he gives is one yeah. of serene calm and. Uh, now, now that may have been just you know, I I am desperately trying to hold it together for this thirty seconds of filming. <laughs> exactly. But um, it he, works. He is amazing, and I gather. Uh, from what other people said reading around it, his character is the most shortchanged um, by the transformation because he's a major, major character in the book. He's one of the four major characters. And he, uh, I, I gather he had the most story cuts and the most interest cut. And, and in a lot of ways, he's, he's more of a... You see him more from the eyes of Hannah than you see much of his own mm. outlook, especially. Um but I agree, he is, he's very, very good in it. And, uh, which may be interesting later, you can absolutely see why that romance happens. Mm. But also, the, there is, I mean, nobody ever mentions the obvious racism that everybody would have encountered at that period. But no. we, we as modern viewers can think, holy crap, if they actually tried to make this work, they would have a real problem of it. I mean, it's, it's quite remarkable that she's been prepared to see, be seen in public with him. Yeah, and I feel that it's not, it's not naively ignoring that so much as, uh, quietly acknowledging 
that he must have had to be phenomenally good at his job to even have got you know mm. to where he was and to earn the respect of. I think they do touch upon it once when they're talking about uh, Kevin Watley's death. I've forgotten the name of his character, but the 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 um the Tyneside uh, sapper Hardy. Who, uh, Hardy. Um, I think they do touch upon the fact that he never showed any hint of racism towards Kip. Mm. I can't remember, but I, I think there was a hint of that, which is pretty much the only time it's touched on in any way in the film. Um, but yeah, I I I, I agree uh, that it's it, it, there is a there are not well, you can see why despite those problems they are drawn together. It, it just it works yeah. well as a romance. So I think circling back, we've got Naveen Andrews and Juliette Binoche, who is just very very good. She, I mean, I had a, a friend at university who had a, a, the, the biggest crush on Juliette Binoche, and it's, I frankly, it's not very hard to see why in this film. She's, and <laughs> she, yeah, she, and she's got a really meaty role. Yes. With, with a lot yeah. more to it. And then on the other side of the flashback, we've got Ralph Fiennes, who, yeah, alright, Ralph Fiennes is pretty damn good. Uh, Ralph Fiennes, I think he prefers yeah, to be. Yeah. Um, uh, Ralph Fiennes, again. And, well, yeah. um, Kristen Scott Thomas, who is okay, but, she doesn't have anything to get her teeth into. Well, that, these two are interesting. I mean, Ray Fines, we, this is our trilogy, Ray Fines. We've had him yeah. before as Girth, the, uh, sadistic Nazi, genuine, um, uh, homicidal, uh, psychopath. And as Lenny, the skeevy, um, effectively drug dealer in Strange Days. Mm-hmm. Both very different characters to, um, Almarshi, who is, um, a, uh, extremely emotionally closed off um and hard to read character i if anything he's he's closer to girth but he doesn't seem to have that love of life of um uh, i i do see a little bit of um what back in the day would probably have been called going going bush going native you know he's letting his manners slip Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, um, well, I mean, one feels that he would he would probably not casually enter an affair if he were back at home in Hungary. And let, let, let's point out in passing that this guy is called Almashi, and he's very loosely based on the actual Lajlo Ede Almashi de Zadani Etorok Miklos. But oh, nicely done. But he's he's not very closely based on him by any means. I mean, the actual guy had a, had a jolly adventurous life, but yes. yeah, nothing like this. No, no, also, okay, also, he well, was quite happy to work for Ger- for, the, for the Germans when that was the thing that was available. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> opportunistic. Um, but yes, he's uh, acting-wise, uh, as we've said before about Ray Fiennes, uh, he, if, if our definition of acting is it's hard to recognise him, uh, yeah, if, if you compare him to Lenny from Strange Days, he's a, a, incredibly different. So I well did acted. feel I was starting to get a little bit of Lenny at times, but yeah. Yeah, well, he, I mean, he looks a lot like him, <laughs> if nothing else. Yeah. Um, uh, but he's an intro. What I suppose the advantage of playing a character like um, the Count is, uh, you can imply hidden depths because you're a very quiet, closed-off mm. character, and you don't have. It, it, but there isn't actually that much to him. We don't learn a lot about him, particularly. We don't learn why he is like he is, or who he is, or even whether he's a. Uh, uh, a bankrupt count that's having to work for my, or whether he's, uh, there's reason. We don't learn a lot about him at all, basically. Yeah, the, the, the actual Almashi was, um, he wasn't actually a count. He, he got accidentally involved in, in an attempted counter revolution when, when King Carl <laughs> of Hungary was, was trying to take his throne back. That is such a pain when that happened. Um, uh, we, he, he was uh, the personal secretary of a bishop in, in Hungary. And, and okay. who was one of the leading figures of this counter coup. Uh, and th- he was introduced to the king, and the king kept referring to him as Count Almashi because a different branch of the family actually had the title. <laughs> okay. So he was never formally a noble, but he basically used it for the rest of his life. I mean, if the king calls you a noble, I think it's fair. He might as well, <laughs> he might as well stick with it. Um, that said, you would not know anything about that uh, mm-hmm. from this character, and whether that's the same backstory. Who knows? Um, but we've touched on Kristen. Scott Thomas being okay. She has much harder work in the sense that uh character is not she's a very outgoing, kind of stereotypical British uh adventure wife of the period. Uh, I guess Well except the stereotype would not throw herself at the first presentable man who comes along. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um 
and the, this may be my bias that was that was the way i read the performances it's much more she she is trying to lure him in than he is trying to lure her in so uh, that's a certain amount on both sides i guess you could read it anyway but certainly the way i read her staying behind with the sandstorm was her attempt her chance this is my chance to get close to him mm. um and yes it does feel like that um and he resists the effort um until it turns out he's uh, he's got the hots for her too. I so yeah, these two characters are harder to like. I mean, I uh, mm. I, I find Kristen Stock Thomas in this period in these outfits absolutely stunning. I mean, I I, I absolutely see why he's um, taken with her. Um, well, yeah, she's the only white woman there. <laughs> she, I do, I do think she's beautiful in it, um, and I I think she's charming sure. and witty, but. Uh, it's, they're harder characters to like, um, not just because of what they're doing. I, I feel the romance is a bit less, it feels a bit less natural, is that fair to say? Um, Al-Nashi himself. Well, it, it doesn't come from their characters because they don't really have characters, that's part of the problem. No, I think, and, it, and maybe this is where the book really would explain it better. Yeah. I mean, you understand it and the way that, you know, these things happen. We're human and, you know, we have hearts and, and this sort of thing does happen, um, and there doesn't have to be a huge exploration of why or what, but it just, it, it doesn't sort of leap off the screen other than it kind of has to, um, because you know these are the types of characters that are on the poster, so you know what's going to happen, so there's no, <laughs> there's no surprise, but it, it doesn't, doesn't feel quite as, I don't know, natural, I suppose. I'm not sure what I'm trying to reach at, but I think, I feel the same as you. Kip and Hannah are a more interesting couple. Mm. when it comes right down to it, than Catherine and the Count. Um, and that that is um, to the film's detriment, because it feels like we spend a lot more screen time with Catherine and the Count um, uh, than we do with Kip and Hannah. But I could be wrong. I mean, there's plenty of screen time to go around. Well, the, the time... Yeah, I, I came in thinking, two hours 41, I'm, I'm not going to be watching this as the story, am I? And no, I'm not. It, it is, yeah, it is beautiful. Uh, that's that's yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I, I did notice, uh, looking through, after, uh, there's a synopsis on Wikipedia, which is, yeah, it, it's loose, but it basically hits the high points. But about the last half of it, I, I thought was from the last half hour of the film. There's an awful lot of yeah. things are bumbling along and nothing is really happening and it's all being terribly subtle and so on. And, mm. It takes about an hour before the story really kicks it, before all the framing is set up. She's in the monastery, she's greasing him out, ready to die. Um, that, sorry, that sounded much weirder than I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I meant that she's applying moisturizer to his burnt hair. Um And then we we sort of begin the expedition sort of in earnest... Uh, and even then, see, once we've got through that setup, then we go back in time and get through the setup of the old romance, and it just feels like the first hour, hour and a half is all set up. I agree. Mm. I don't, I didn't even check the screen times as to when they start their romance. Um, uh, by they, I mean, um, Catherine and Almarshi, but it, it, it can't be before halfway, can it? I don't think so. I don't it doesn't feel so. like it. Well, we've not watched films as long as this before. I think Schindler's List is roughly the same length, is it, perhaps? Um, Schindler's List did not feel as long as this film to me, Yeah, I must say. And Schindler's List, frankly, packs a lot more plot. I I try not to be a cliched modern viewer and say, oh boy, this stuff goes slowly, but there are times, and this is one of them, when it definitely feels that way to me. Yeah, uh, the pacing... I mean, I don't know. It's hard to pace a romance... And if, mm. if, if is, I was into the romance, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have felt so long. Um, I, I think that's part of the problem. I'm really into the scenery. I'm into the milieu. Mm. Um, I love, I just love, love, love the thirties, um, the, the, forties. Uh, I mean, Italy immediately post-war is a fascinating place. And then uh, we don't really explore these places though. We just look at them. Um, yeah. And maybe that's part of the problem. Uh, I'm just thinking that the the flashback story could happen almost anywhere. It, it doesn't have to be in Egypt. Just you know, anywhere that people are going away from of from human habitation for a bit. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it I, doesn't I seem to agree. use its setting in the same way. I mean, yes, all right, they, they, there's the archaeological discovery, but yeah, 
I don't know. Yeah, but that could have been in um, uh, the Middle East. Uh, it could have been in China. Yes, it could have been in a lot of different places. I, I well. do admit to a prejudice against out of order narrative. Uh, I, I will accept. Mm, we, you know, there are times. About... There are times it works. There are times it justifies itself. Um, I didn't think this was one of them. I I am normally uh, a fan. I suppose um, I, you know I always thought like with Babylon Five, a, a lot of the fun. Going back to a very random science fiction, a lot of the fun is it pretty much tells you outright where the story's going to go. But finding out you get there from a completely different angle to the one you're expecting. Mm. I, I always enjoyed that, that, um, JM, JMS, uh, J. Michael Straskinski, uh, has his, his flaws as a writer, but he's, he's very good at, at kind of closing that circle to me. Here, enough, yeah. it doesn't, there is a slight twist. Catherine's dead in the plane. Um, but that's, uh, it, it doesn't really feel like much of a twist, um, cause she's dead after anyway. <laughs> I, I, uh, I agree with you here. It actually detracted from my enjoyment, I think. There was so much foreshadowing and particular. I feel like this, it's quite clear from every frame in this film that it's a tragic romance, that it's not going to mm. go well. And I don't need to actually see the end of it to know that it's not going to end well. That's the essence of tragedy. You, you kind of know it's going <laughs> to go that way. And I, I don't know that I need to know the specifics of it at the outset. Well, some, I, some of the argument is, um, as in the suspense in a James Bond film or similar, you know, you know the hero is going to survive. Yeah. Uh, but you don't know how that's going to happen. You don't know who else along the way is going to be a casualty, that kind of thing. So yeah. th there is a certain amount of tension to be had in we know where we're going, but how do we get there? I, yes. I do feel that it undermines the, the overall tension, but yeah. I, it doesn't. It doesn't always for me, but here I agree with you. It, uh, it, it did. I don't mind the sort of out of. I don't mind the flashbacks in the sense that um, that's the way the story is being told, you know, in the story mm. as a flashback that, you know, Count Almarshi is telling his story to the people around him. Is, so is he even? Uh, well, that's a, that's yeah. another point. I think he does specifically to uh, Willem Dafoe's character, Caravaggio. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. He does specifically tell it to him. But uh, that doesn't quite line up with the flashbacks and where we told the story. Mm. He doesn't like to say, well, I'll tell you how. Um, so I think he does tell the story, but it's, it, yeah, it doesn't quite work that way. Mm. It's like he's not telling anyone about the plane crash right at the start. So there, yeah, maybe the front, yeah, I, I think in that sense that the, it doesn't quite work. Because it does do some straight flashbacks, like Willem Dafoe's uh, thumbectomies. Um, uh, oh, hello, Jürgen. Jürgen. How nice to see uh, you. Yeah, here. Jürgen Prockno back again as a proper <laughs> evil Nazi this time. <laughs> so, um, uh, he can play this in his sleep. Yeah, I'm not saying he is, but he can. <laughs> well, it, it's... Um, yeah, he's he's Jürgen Prock now, so we're going to like him. I prefer him in Das Boats, of, mm. uh, of course. Um, uh, he doesn't get much to do. I, I don't know if he quite sells the cine. I, he doesn't really get a lot of time to chew that scene through. You see, I feel like Quentin Tarantino would have made would have filled that scene with tension and, and worry <laughs> with spurts of blood, place. with a load of blood. Yeah, you wouldn't have. Yeah. Um, Although the, here, the technical term here is arterial cast off. Look it up, kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did feel like, was she going like mid, um, I, I found myself thinking, where is she going for that time X? I mean, that's a funny place to choose for an amputation. That's going to be really hard to tie off afterwards. Anyway, <laughs> maybe that wasn't really what they were worried about. Um, uh, Willem Dafoe, we haven't mentioned. Um, have we had Willem Dafoe in a film before? I can't remember in one of our films. Doesn't, doesn't, he's uh, not one of those guys who jumps out at me. He wasn't in Apocalypse Now, was he, or something like that? Or Platoon? He's in Platoon, of course. Yeah, yeah. I knew, I, yes, he's in Platoon. Um, I feel like he's very good in Platoon. He, uh, for some reason, he doesn't quite convince me. I don't know quite what I mean by that, other than I feel like he's acting. Uh, he seems to, for me, I mean, th this is not having read the book, and I, and I may be misreading how the book presents it, but, the impression I got is that he's too obviously the romantic rival. Now, it may be in the book he's not that at all, but that's how he felt as though he were being presented here. It, for Kip and Hannah, you mean? Yeah. Because it doesn't play out that way. No. But, no, but, but I, it feels but I thought, like it. Particularly yeah. when, we when we first meet him, he, he's clearly yes, trying it I, on as he tries it on with everybody. 
Yes, yeah. Uh, yes, that's that's a fair point. It, uh, and maybe that maybe that is what wrong footed me actually, because he is sort of presented like that, and then isn't really that at all. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't hate it. I just, I, I just um, uh, it, it, that, it felt in, in some ways as if he were uh, edging in from a different film. Oh, that is exactly what I'm trying to say. I don't know why, but it does. Uh, it feels like he's yeah, he's he's crept in from a different film. That is perfect. I can't I can't quite put my finger on it better than that. Uh, I, w- I would like actually to mention Colin Firth uh, as the uh, the outraged husband. Ooh, um, lovely Colin Firth. Because this is just after his career making role in the, in the ninety five BBC uh, Pride and Prejudice. Oh yeah, yes, the Darcy with the wet shirt. Uh, apparently, that's uh, if, if you like that sort of thing. Apparently, that's very, very much the sort of thing you'd like. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, obviously, he was getting offered lots of romantic leading man parts. Yeah, and he was trying very hard to avoid those because he really didn't want to be the leading man. Apart from anything else, a it doesn't give you a big ro- uh, range, but b yeah. it has a strict lifetime. Much yes, more than for other yeah. parts for male actors. I mean, he's been very wise with his different parts, problems, obviously. Though. Well, basically, there's no role after yeah. <laughs> after thirty if you're a woman. Uh, um, but but I think that this does a good job of saying, yeah, he can do something other than that. He's he's very good here. Uh, he's uh, he's charming. He's kind of, you feel genuinely hurt when he finds he's been betrayed. I don't know that if we know enough about him to quite understand why he makes that final decision to kill all three of them. Mm. I, I feel like the the kind of character he's been portrayed as. Would have been more. He might kill himself, or just leave them to it. Or I, I didn't get enough to under, quite understand his murder. I mean, mm. o- other than he's a human and it's natural, I didn't. Uh, I, I didn't feel like his character had quite led up to that. And I'm sure the book makes a lot more sense there. Um, but it feels a little bit. It doesn't feel out of the blue because I know. God, there's only 30 minutes left, so something's got to happen at this point. <laughs> so it doesn't feel surprising. Um, uh, I, I get the impression he's, he's quite chopped around from the from the book. Right, yeah. But he's great. I, I mean, to be honest, I, I think she should have stuck with him because he's, he's, <laughs> he's much more interesting. But the heart wants what it wants, I know, and maybe that's the point of one of the points that the film is trying to make. Um, I, I did start to get irked when uh, Almashi towards the end is saying she died because of me, and then I thought, well, hang on a minute. Yeah, actually, she did. She died yeah. because you left her in the wrong place, where, yeah. she, where she would run out of water and get too cold, rather than being able to crawl into the light, because you didn't yeah. do a good enough job of stra- strapping her up so she could move, even with the broken ribs, uh, and because you lost your temper with with the British officers. Exactly. Yeah, he absolutely <laughs> fucks it up. I mean, if he knew there was a war coming, he couldn't have just said, "I'm Colin Firth, my wife's trapped in a cage." He would have thought that would make more sense. Um, even I could have thought that, and I'm not going to like. Um, but yeah, I, but he he does a good job. I find does a good job of making the character look a bit of an ass. I mean, he can get yeah. drunk and make a fool of himself in public. Mm. She isn't allowed to have any emotional consequence because she broke it off. Therefore, it's all her fault. <laughs> yes, yeah. Which is uh, sadly, sadly realistic. I was going to say, yeah, it's not like that. It's an unrealistic situation. And I, I think, yeah, I think Fines does almost as good a job here as making Almashi unlikable as he does making Lenny likable despite mm. himself. Mm. Um, but that, in a way, that's the part of the problem in that the romance. I, I, well, yeah, we should talk about the, the, the injuries he summarises are not fatal, not in five days or however long. I don't know how long it takes him to get back there. Can't have been that long because she's not in any way decomposed or dead or mm. in anything. Unless, I mean, unless she's been mummified by the, the passage <laughs> of time, I suppose it's very dry and very... Well, that's part of the dead. problem. But... Well, <laughs> well, but I agree. He takes her right to the depths of the cave where she has to have light and heat and sets up a fire, which is going to last, what, two hours at best? Mm-hmm. And then the user doesn't... He said, I'm going to bind your leg. Do we... I don't think we see that, do we? I, I would assume think. that he did, but it doesn't yeah. seem to have much effect. She got a broken wrist, broken ample, some broken ribs, presumably some internal damage that we don't know about. She basically dies of plot, uh, much the same. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, and it's, 
because of that, because it rings a bit false, it doesn't feel like a tragedy so much as a bit forced. It happens because it has to happen to make the tragedy happen. Yes, whereas a tragedy should feel like everyone fighting against it and you as a viewer desperately hoping against hope that it won't happen, and it happens anyway. Whereas here it's like, oh yeah, okay. It just, yeah, it felt a bit forced. And I I think ultimately, where I come down in The English Patient, as to did this film move me or not, I, I mean, I spent much of Schindler's List crying. Um, if anything was ever going to move me, it was him carrying her from the wreckage of the plane into the cave. Mm. And she says, of course, I loved you. I've also always loved you. And he bursts into tears. Now, me being me, I, I would have just absolutely descended into fits of, of miserable blubber. Joyous blubber, I suppose. Joyous eh. blubbering. Um, and I just I just was left cold, honestly. Yeah, I didn't, it, it didn't I didn't grab me. Yeah. Maybe your heart is getting black and clinkered from associating with me. What can I say? Uh, Maybe, but I I think it's just not. It just doesn't. It's not convincing as a romance, or it doesn't. If it is, it's not one you really care about. You don't feel like they necessarily deserve any better than they got. Yeah, I, I was certainly was. getting a feeling of. You know, I've seen a lot of doom tragic romance stories. Why yeah. am I supposed to care about this one? It's is it just that they're pretty? Hmm. Yes, I think you'd said to me off air, you know, why, why these people, why this story? And I'm sure the book makes it, well, I'm not sure, but I suspect the book makes it clearer. But here. I, I get the impression from the synopsis that there are quite a lot of changes from the book, at least. Right. Well, it was regarded as unfilmable, um, mm. which is, you know, always untrue, but <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean that it's worth filming. Yeah. Um, I uh, do. I, Looking at this and realizing that, um, that they, Saul Zentz, uh, was interested in working with Mengela after he saw Truly Madly Deeply, I'm starting to think that doomed tragic romance was kind of the root point of what, what was supposed to be in this film, whether or not that is the root point of the book. Well, that's it. It's hard for us to know what the book was trying. But yes, I was going to ask, well, what do you think the themes are that this film, what are the, what are the kind of truths and, and things it's trying to touch on and talk about? Which they don't have to, but a film this long, this lauded and this frankly pretentious probably should have some underlying theme. But I, I don't get much more personally than exactly as you say, than isn't it bad when people love each other and it doesn't work out? It's an odd one because, I mean, there's pretty much critical unanimity that this is great. Yeah, um, yeah. Some, some people say, okay, maybe it's a bit long. But yeah. essentially everybody said it's wonderful. It, it feels a bit like the the anti-reaction, you know, that um, with, uh, with a film that, frankly, probably both of us enjoyed watching a lot more, which was um, Schwarzenegger's Last Action Hero, yeah. it felt which for which the knives were out and it could do no good. Um, it feels like this is almost the anti-reaction. It just mm. it's what you would call Oscar bait. I think I described it that as we as we came in. It just it feels like tailor made to win Oscars, and it did. It was released in November. Uh, okay, yes, for your consideration. <laughs> um, and it and it did and uh, I don't know. I do remember. I vaguely remember there was something of a backlash against it in that it was so lauded that some people were like, actually, I found it a bit boring. I, in fact, I vaguely remember was there a Seinfeld episode where basically um, Julia Louise Dreyfus's character basically says everyone loved it uh, and I found it really boring, and then they have some. Um, <laughs> yes, there is. Can I remember it? There's some Hungarian crepe makers, and they, one of them gets so badly burnt, he has to get shipped back to England. Um, anyway, that's yeah. <laughs> that's by the way. Um, uh, it, it was very widely lauded, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't get much more depth out of it. So I don't know quite. It, it's extremely beautiful, extremely well acted. Is that fair to say? Um, yeah. yeah, and well written. And it's ple- very pleasant to look at. Um, but... It's another example of a film that got uh, orange and blue tinting before that was a thing, because they had to actually make things be orange and blue. 
Oh really? Okay. We well, well it, I gave we gave a, a lot more credit for um for um do the right thing. Um I suppose we should give it some credit here in the sense it's it absolutely breathtakingly beautiful film. Uh but not really why I watch films, honestly, for the breathtaking beauty of it all. I was I was very happy to see Shepherd's uh, bar. Um, mm. I they talk about the long bar, and I was like, "Oh, I knew that from my research." It's not called the long bar because it's very long. It's because yeah, it's actually like fucking ages to get a drink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but there we are. Um, uh, I think ultimately we're probably both coming at it from the same point. It's 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 very good, but sort of an overwhelming feeling of so what? Um, yeah. And so why? And it the the how did you feel about? Okay, so for me. The tragic romance between Armashi and Catherine doesn't really upset me. <laughs> it doesn't move me. What about Kip and Hannah's romance? Did that do anything to you? Did it? It did work anything? for me. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, I wasn't I... expecting it to work because I was already guessing guessing the feel that working romance yeah. is not what this guy does. But uh... <laughs> exactly. Um, but but I... I mean, it, it even comes together in a way that makes sense. You know. Um, yeah, all right, they are clearly never going to see each other again. Yeah. They're both accepting that, but... Uh, and, and maybe it would have been nice to find out, but they're, no, but they're never going to. Yeah, yeah. It I, it's all worked. done a bit sort of matter-of-fact at the end of their romance. It's just like, well, job's done, I've got to go. She's like, yeah, well, that's how it's going. They're not very emotional about it themselves, which in a way, I suppose, makes me feel a bit more emotional about it. I don't know why. But they're both kind of, oh, well, that's that then. Um, mm. Which I yeah I like it worked better for me and maybe that would have been a better subject of the film, maybe. Uh, not that I'd want the film to be a second longer than it is because it is <laughs> very long. Um, so it's all right. Um, I would say it's overpraised and a I think bit so. underwhelming. I mean, I'm, I'm reluctant to say this because it, I mean it's very easy to be contrary and say everybody loves this and I hate it. Well, it, you know, it, we, it, it's a, it's an easy way to get attention. I, d- I don't want to be doing that, but that, that no. is the way I end up feeling. Well, I, d- I suppose I, would... I don't, well, I don't hate it, but yeah. Well, exactly. I, I, one, we've got a good track record of not necessarily agreeing and not doing that. You know, a lot of films that are considered masterpieces, we, we also do. Um, uh, but here, uh, I don't feel, I vaguely remember thinking it at the time that it, it was okay. I, it's interesting. I have seen it before. And it can't have been that long ago, because it's not that... Well, it's 20-odd years. But mm. it slipped from my memory incredibly quickly, because I remembered almost nothing of it. And I can see why. There's not really much, other than images, and there's not a lot to it, I don't think. Yeah, I, I hadn't seen it before. Um, I do feel that there is a mode of film-watching, which is basically... Uh, it, it's described when it's an action film has turned off your brain, but I think it's more sink into the imagery and the sensory impressions... Mm. Enjoy the milieu and, and go go along with it more than track it as a narrative. Well, we are both generally time poor people, as everyone is all the time. Also, nowadays. we care deeply about the structure of narrative being being role players who take it a bit seriously. <laughs> um, I suppose what I was going to say is uh, this is a long film. I did I watched it in three, maybe four sittings. That was the thing that struck me. Uh, if I had had it as a two and three quarter hour single. A single batch experience would yeah. that have would that have got me more absorbed? Maybe, maybe. I, I th- my gut feeling is I probably would have been more irritated at its length than I was. When I, I mean, I, I am a gentleman of a certain age, at the, and at the end of two hours and forty-one <laughs> minutes, I would probably have had other priorities than writing down my impressions. But, uh... <laughs> exactly, exactly. We don't know, but that frankly is not how we watch. It's not how we watch many of our ribbon of meme films nowadays. I, I Probably 90 minutes is what I could squeeze into a single setting if I'm feeling uh, in the mood. I, probably, I probably could have found three hours to watch it, but I didn't. I didn't. And I, I might try that sometime when, when we've got a film of this sort and see, see if it does make a difference to me. But... Well, actually, Schindler's List I watched in two quite quick halves. Well, not quite quick, but they were quite close to each other. Um, uh yeah, I think because, so. Yeah, it was more like three batches for me for this. Yeah, but it, uh, it, it kind of drew you through a bit more. Whereas here, we're like, okay, I wasn't in a huge hurry to go back to it the next for my next session. Yeah, which are. is there a shame. That 
Well, we won't pound on it. Well, ultimately, there's a lot to like about it, hmm. but ultimately, for me, underwhelming. Yeah, I I'm a character junkie. I, I want yeah. character. I want plot. Yeah, I want narrative events. I all right. This is why I tend to read books instead of watch films. For if if there's an option in the matter. Um, See, well, that, that, yeah, and that's come through. the the filmy bits of this. Work pretty well. I, I just, yeah. you know, whether, whether it is that the story, the original novel is, is lacking in this or that it is the conversion process, mm. we don't know. I don't, I can't say. That internal narrative is not something film does very well and it is something books do very well, uh, internal monologue and, and inner life. Um, it's interesting. It's almost none of our films that we've watched all of which had been considered masterpieces by some people, um, have had fully-fledged three-dimensional characters in the same way that a lot of novels do. Mm. And I don't know, I think you're right, I think films don't necessarily need them. Some of our best films have had two-and-a-bit-dimensional characters and stereotypes, and it's more their actions and shortcuts that do it. Here, I don't know, it takes more to make a deep character than to have a very good actor play them very earnestly Mm. Uh, and shoot them beautifully. That that doesn't a deep character make. <laughs> uh, but there we are. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll stop beating on it. But is it a masterpiece, Roger? Well, can can we just come back to that? Because I do, I do want to say what one last thing about the film itself, rather than a reaction to the film. Of course. Which is Roger's Aviation Corner. Oh. <laughs> because yeah, we have two absolutely beautiful aeroplanes in this film. Uh, the de Havilland, uh, DH-82 Tiger Moth, um, designed, of course, by Geoffrey de Havilland. Uh, Even most, I have heard of this plane. It was mostly a primary trainer. Uh, they also used it for maritime surveillance, all sorts of other things. I mean, I, you, you can get me on your side just by putting that in front of the camera. <laughs> now, this is the film that Colin Firth crashes at the end of the film, is uh, it? That, no, that, that's the other one. That's the oh, um, okay. Boeing Stearman... Uh, model 75 or okay. this is the well it's probably the military version of the PT-17 um, oh, the, the Tiger Moth is the one that uh, Almarshi takes Catherine away in yes okay yeah the, right. the and they, they don't repaint them or anything so the silver one is the Tiggy Moth okay, um, yeah. the yellow one is, is the Boeing Stearman okay um, which they did with a half scale model and I think it went pretty well I mean I haven't I haven't had a plane crashed on me but that felt reasonably you know immersive uh, a half scale, yeah, yeah. Look, yeah, it didn't look like a model, but I suppose half scale is isn't isn't really model scale, but is it? There, there was the thing, and it jumped out at me as I was watching the beginning of the film. You've, you've got um, the long shot of, of the desert from above, and then you gradually the aeroplane moves into view, and yes. something just felt wrong about it. Okay, and then at the end of the film, you get you get basically the same shot. Because it's wrapping around the narrative, and yes, well, hang on a minute. So, okay, we, what are these problems? Okay, the sand is perfectly in focus, and so is the aeroplane. Yes. So that tells me it's composited. Then I looked at the light source, and I realised the sun on the desert is coming from top right of the frame, and it's quite clearly quite a low angle because you've yes. got all the long shadows across the desert, and it's beautiful. The sun on the plane is coming from on the left at about a level because you've got the a shadow of the wings and struts over the pilot. Right. And then the shadow of the plane has a, has yet a third light source that's coming from somewhere behind you. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I will grant it was obviously a technically difficult shot to do. You, what you want to go from the long shot of the desert to the close up of the plane. You don't need in that shot to have him recognizable, but you know, that's fine. It's still quite tricky. I do feel it would have been so much better if they'd just done it with a second plane with the camera in it and, you know, the standard way, even if it meant they didn't get the desert looking quite as pretty as it could. I don't, it's interesting. That didn't, that didn't catch me, but I, I, you know, they employ people to look out for that sort of thing. Um, I wonder if it was noticed and that it was a conscious decision to go for the prettier shot. Who knows? But it bothered you enough to take you out of the film, which is, a bit of a sin. Well, in any yeah, film. I mean, not at first, but particularly yeah. when we saw it the second time. Yeah, and it, it yeah. was it was saying again, there is something wrong here. Yeah, well, that's if that takes you out of the narrative, um, then that's that's probably not 
not what it was supposed to do. There but we are. Uh, in terms of masterpiece, and only, you, you, you made a point before we started uh, recording that this is the first of really quite a lot of historical war-adjacent doomed tragic romance. Yeah, Pearl Harbor, Titanic. I guess for me, the kind of tragic romance against the tides of uncaring history... Um, which is going to happen whether you like it or not. And there's yeah. a number of films like that nowadays. Um, and I wondered if this was the first one. I think it's arguable that it's the first one, but I don't think it's necessarily the most um, significant one because this was released in November of 96. Yeah. And principal filming of Titanic had begun in July of 96 and it had been... A, a project in, in embryo for longer than that. So I, I do yeah. think that, uh, Titanic making all the money may well have been a significant factor beyond th- what I, this one did. I think Titanic is probably a better, more influential touchstone. And, and I suppose when well, I was on, half on the other hand, Titanic was an unashamed crowd pleaser, whereas this yeah. got the critics on side as well. So there's that. Yes, Titanic was. I, I suppose this film didn't quite fit the bill in the end, in the sense that I, the kind of film I was thinking of was uh, doomed lovers torn apart by history, whereas here they're not torn apart by history. It's just history is happening around them while they're while they bollocks up their own romance, I suppose. Mm. Um, so it's not quite the model I was wondering about when I when I thought about it halfway through, um, but. Uh, but yeah, I wondered if it had been influential in that sense. I don't know. So, was it influential? Do you think? I think it, so. I mean, not a, not as a primary let's let's imitate things. This, but I bet when people were saying let's imitate Titanic, they said let's imitate this as well. Yes. Yeah. I think. I mean, <laughs> in the sense that it made a ton of money, didn't it? Not Titanic levels of money. Yeah, I mean, uh, budget was somewhere about 30 mil and it brought in 230 at the box office, so... So, it's... Some executive somewhere is going to say, make me another one of these, um, if nothing else. But I I suppose, was it artistically influential is more to the point. Tricky to say. I don't think it was a career launcher for anybody. I mean, it was... I I mentioned Colin Firth, uh, but that was more, more a career... Fine tuner. Yeah. Having, having yeah. got the launch from the previous thing. I mean, Juliet Binoche had done quite a lot already, including the unbearable yeah. likeness of being. Uh, Ralph Fiennes, obviously, is, has done, yeah. so, thank you. Um, Kristen Stockton's already done, um, four weddings. Uh, four weddings. Uh, and uh, and a bunch, it, a bunch of other stuff that was less successful, but more critically acclaimed. And hasn't done tons of stuff. Since, I don't think. Well, he, not stuff that I've seen, frankly. Here's an unexpected name: Tori Higginson in a very early role. Oh, really? Who are they? Mary, which I think is the nurse who gets. Oh, the the up. other nurse. Yeah, yeah. Or it oh, might it well, might be one of the other nurses in in. The, I mean, I couldn't recognise her in the hospital. It, but... No. Oh, interesting. Um, was it so? I guess influential wise, it must have been. But I don't know that I recognise its DNA. I, I can't nowadays. see stuff copying it directly the way we can with, for example, aliens. Or, yeah, or, or Raiders. Platoon, or, or yeah. Platoon, yeah, yeah. Uh, was it a masterpiece? Uh, for me, no, it's not a film. Uh, I mean, I might watch bits of it again if I wanted to get the mood of Cairo or that sort of thing. Um, but probably not. I don't think I'd watch it again, and I, I wasn't moved by it, so it didn't. Not for me. I wouldn't watch it for the for the story, but I might have it on in the background for visual mood. Yes, exactly. It's, it's certainly a very pretty film, which is it's huge. I mean, film is a visual medium. That's that's huge success. Hmm. But for me, uh, yeah, it, it didn't move me. No. Okay, well there we are, the English patients. Um, shall we move on to what else happened in nineteen ninety six? Yeah. Well, the, the, this one took home. Um, best picture, best directing, best supporting actress for Binoche, but none, none of the other really? acting ones, which is interesting. It's funny because in, she, that's, that is unfair because she does a lot of the heavy, heavy lifting acting. It feels like, in a way, Kristen Scott Thomas is the supporting actress, doesn't it? Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's Fines and Scott Thomas who get the top billing. Uh, yeah, they, they're right, the ones yeah. having the snog on the poster. They yeah. are, yeah. So they go, yeah, yeah. Fair point. Uh, there are whole arcanacies about billing and uh, whose agent got to you first and all the rest of it. The Steve McQueen tearing Inferno um, uh-huh. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paul Newman as well, yeah. Yeah, so they ended up with a diagonal credit so that neither of them would get... <laughs> At topper billing than the other, but anyway, yeah. So one was on the left and one was at the top, and that's so, yeah. Exactly. But this gets, oh, what is it? Uh, Twelve nominations, nine awards at the Oscars, and yeah. It may be. I may even have overtaken Schindler's List as our most awarded film, possibly. Could well be, yeah. Uh, so best actor went to Jeffrey Rush in Shine. I haven't seen Shine. I like I Jeffrey Rush, either. but I haven't seen Shine. Uh, actress went to Francis McDormand in Fargo, which we may well come Ooh, back to. About much more, maybe later. Uh, best supporting actor was Cuba Gooding Jr. in Jerry Maguire. Yeah. Alright. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I I've grown a bit it. tired of that formula now. I suppose I liked it at the time. I wonder, I, maybe I should watch it again. But uh, He's I very mean, good and likeable actor. Though. It's romantic comedy, it's sports drama. It's, it's Tom Cameron Crowe. It's Cameron Crowe does that story again, and again, and again. Yeah. He's a bit like um, John Hughes. I'm probably going to get uh, crucified for that if I say, but it feels to me like he's formulaic in that sort of way. But um, the, the, the more polite version would be he has a story that he likes to likes to tell from different angles. Yes, yeah, maybe that's the <laughs> best way of putting it. And he's very good at telling it. But uh, so if we move over to the box office, uh, number uh, the, the, the English patient is not in there. Um, oh, but it did very well, regardless. Number 10, we've got Space Jam, um, which is the <laughs> Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan. Just got a sequel. Never seen it. Yeah. Unlikely. There, to, there are people who love it. Yes, it, it, it I, does have felt. some cult following. Uh, number 9 is indeed Jerry Maguire. Yeah, okay. We talked about that. Uh, number 8, uh, the Eddie Murphy Nutty, Nutty Professor, which was a remake of the... Uh, 1963 Jerry Lewis, which was, of course, based on the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah, just stick with it. Well, um, possibly of more which later as well, but um, not the Nutty Professor. Um, yeah, all right. Fair <laughs> enough. No, not for me. Uh, so number seven is Ransom, um, Mel Gibson. Oh, this is one. The, the beginning of... No, maybe not the beginning. One of these revenge porn but, films. But definitely one of those. They took his daughter and that, now he's going to... Now he's... Even though he doesn't do that anymore, he's going to do that again. Yeah. I don't know how many times he... I don't know why that's an interesting story to tell. I, I Commando he had the same plot, basically. But uh, Yeah, anyway. but Commando had Oni in it, which helps. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. I, it's certainly a plot that worked well for Liam Neeson. Again. Oh goodness! And yes, again. he didn't do ransom. I forgot what he called treason, transom, zapping, something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> there were a number of them, and he's still doing them. Uh, Taken. So, there we yeah. go. Got there, uh, so number six is another remake, three in a row now. Uh, this uh, one's the 101 Dalmatians, Disney's oh, live action. <laughs> We've been struggling in the 90s, haven't we? I can see why we. Uh, I'm not a big Disney fan, but I do actually quite like the animation. Uh. I, I, I like the animated film. I, I mean, they, I don't know. What, they, so was this the? This was this wasn't the animated film. No, no this, this, this was the live action that nobody was asking for because they liked for the animated one. I don't know why Disney keep doing this. I, I they did. I, I'm sadly familiar with them all because my kids. But the Lion King they redid as a live action, and the state of CGI at the minute is photorealistic. Mm-hmm. The problem is, if you have a photorealistic lion singing the Circle of Life, it just looks weird. <laughs> <laughs> They're supposed to be cartoon characters. Anyway, yeah. carry on. Uh, number five is more Disney: uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, the animated version. Presumably, oh, they'll make the that a live have action never this, this is our third Disney in a row, by the way, because Ransom was released by Disney as well. Well, that's all changed now, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, we've got our fourth yeah. Disney in a row. Oh, God. The Rock. Oh, The Rock, I have some affection for. Uh, now, The Rock, I remember as one of the films I saw in my early, we're going to watch every film in the cinema this year. Um, <laughs> it was it was a high point. Which might say something about the rest. I remember it coming out. I don't think I've ever seen it. I, I know people who who look on it, not not fanatically, but at least fondly. You know, it does what it does quite well. So it's got Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage in it, and so back when Nicolas Cage was mostly being a trying trying to be reasonably serious about his acting. Well, now he's serious about something. I don't know quite what, well, <laughs> what he's doing. Uh, but well, he's, lately he's, very... he's split because you know there are the films in which he does the Cage Rage, yeah, and there are the films in which he doesn't. 
Yeah. And and he's actually quite a good actor when when he when he get, doesn't have to do that thing. I always find him interesting to watch, which is you yeah. know, that's what you want. Isn't it? Uh, number three, uh, the first of the Mission Impossibles. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Now no, I, I have a, a personal grudge against this because I'm a fan of the of the sixties TV series yeah. about which these have no very little. Um, basically, I think the, maybe the first film there was some. Well, no, the, the first act of the film is basically kill off the. Character. You remember how this worked? It doesn't work like that anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's when I lost interest quite early on in the first one. Also, from a musical of point of view, the 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 important thing about the theme music is that it's in five four, right? And they reset it to to an eight eight, okay. a utterly much more conventional time signature. I mean, it sounds crap, so that'll probably be why. Yes, I agree. <laughs> oh uh, my god, this is probably my least favourite top ten we've ever. Well, it's done. interesting because when we were thinking about films to to uh, consider for this, all of a sudden there were a whole lot more that looked potentially interesting. They just yes. haven't been in the top ten. They just haven't been in the same, uh, that's true. One I do actually have quite a lot of time for, the first one out of this lot that I do feel quite positively about, number two, is Twister. I've never seen Twister, but it has Bill Paxton in, so I probably should see it. It has Bill Paxton in, yep. Uh, <laughs> that's, okay, that's a lot of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It just sounds like such a dumb film that I, I've never got around to watching it, but you're not the only person to tell me that it's better than... It does glory in its dumbness. I mean, yes, tornadoes do not work like that. Right. Uh, <laughs> but I also enjoyed The Core, which is about sending a submarine to, to re-spin the Earth's molten core, which has stopped. So, you know... Uh, it's it's okay. got some surprisingly enjoyable acting in it. Okay. Uh, it, it's got Carrie always as the bad scientist... Oh, I love Carrie Elvis. Uh, but really unusually for, particularly for Crichton, we've got an ex-wife who's, who's not the evil ex. Right. Uh, but is also not the love interest as well. Yeah, I mean, they? you, you can see how they might have got involved in the first place and you can see how they might have come apart. Okay. Which, which is way more characterization than I expect from an action film. <laughs> I must say, yes, that sounds better than, um, than most films. So, I mean, right, I'm, okay. not, I'm not going to claim me. it's, I'm not going to claim it's great, but it, it definitely has its moments. God, it amongst this drop, but that earned more than any of the others we've hitherto mentioned. That's interesting. Uh, and at number one, um, Independence Day. Oh, fucking hell. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that may be my... Oh, my God. Uh, All right. Uh, yeah. Yes, there, there was a showing it of this year, at an SF convention shortly afterwards, and um, there, there was widespread cheering, and yes, including from the American fans, when the White House got attacked. <laughs> uh, it was described as aliens land and destroy, destroy centres of government, but later turn out to be hostile. <laughs> uh... uh. It, it was also oh. one of the original um, par parody security alerts. You know, a alien os is vulnerable to an injection attack, which, which may uh, destroy your invasion fleet and cause remote route, route access. <laughs> I can't believe it. Jesus, trying to get a Mac to connect to anything, let alone a completely. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's not dwell on the. Not a film that we we hold highly in in our esteem. I think that's fair to say, yes. That is my least favourite top ten we've ever done. How interesting. <laughs> wow. Okay. And we, well, let's we will see not if we be covering any up. of that top ten in our next episode. Yes, we will be uh, choosing some different films from 1996. Um, uh, maybe clear they're not all to our taste. All right, well, um, that will about wrap up. I, I must say, the English page, I feel like we were quite down on the English patient, but um, it's better than almost every one of those films, I would well, say. Well, it, it's... Yeah, had it not been for this, I would probably never have watched it. I think yes. the thing that I have got out of the podcast in general and, and this and a couple of other films very specifically is the things that I like to watch films for, the things that I get, I do story for are not yeah. the only things that film has, that they are not the only things that film offers. Yes. Yeah. That's, well, that was partly why I wanted to see this podcast in the first place. It was to see kind of what I was missing in all these films considered masterpieces. Um, and a lot of the times, uh, 
I, 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 there's very few films I wish I hadn't watched, you know, or mm. wouldn't mm. revisit in some way. Uh, and, and I'm glad to have seen The English Patient again, but I wish it had been a bit shorter. <laughs> well, there we are. We will meet again for some further films from 1997, well, one or two or more, um, in another episode. Coming I, soon. I am just a bit of toast, my friend. <laughs> 